Get the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music guide you through the opaque world of venture capital and reveal all the ways you can source capital for your company's growth. It all starts right here with Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music on VC Confidential. Welcome to VC Confidential. I'm Ann Kennedy, and I'm here with my co-host and partner at Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music. Together, we are managing directors of the Sibylla Masters Fund. You can learn more at masters.vc about that. This show is for investors and entrepreneurs alike. We are ripping the opaque lid off conventional venture capital to show you how it works. Or maybe not. <laughs> there you are, folks. Hi, Jillian. Hey, Anne. What's on your mind this chilly winter morning? Oh, my. The December 2020 jobs report. Ah, today. It was absolutely awful, Anne. According to new data released on Friday, uh, that's here in January, of course, employees cut, uh, employers cut 140,000 jobs in December. And that signals um, that the economic recovery from the coronavirus pandemic is now backtracking. So digging deeper into that data revealed a not so shocking gender gap. Women accounted for all the job losses. But I guess actually that is, I mean, even for us, that is a bit shocking. Women lost 156,000 jobs while men gained 16,000. The backtracking and inequity is absolutely stunning. Yeah. And if you uh, read Emma Hinchcliffe on the broadsheet this morning, she mm -hmm. points out that not only it wasn't 100% of the jobs were lost by women. If you do the math with the, the gains and the losses between the genders, it was more like 111%. Of mm -hmm. the, I don't know how you could lose. How you well, actually, it. women just lost all the jobs. Yeah. And then men gained the jobs that, that's at the same time. Works. So it really, yeah, the math does make sense in the end. But it's just got awful. It is got awful. And, right. of course, and it happens again and again. And every recession. Yeah. And it's just same as it ever was. Um, so that leads me to ask, Jillian, because mm -hmm. I am a person of action, what can we do about it? Well, <laughs> let me start. We can, and our goal is to empower women to rise up to the better jobs instead of all those service jobs, which accounted for mm -hmm. the bulk of those losses, you know, the low paid jobs, and as well as enabling women to build wealth through ownership ownership of oh for example their own companies you're here you're here, here. <laughs> okay so but now it's time to change the subject to our regularly scheduled programming here on vc confidential you're right you're right these kinds of reports are just fuel for our resolve so let's get back to work you bet we've been on a roll in these uh current episodes with some VC language basics. So let's keep on that track. Today, I'd like to talk about sidecars. Now, before those amusing images of flickering old movies showing people far too tall to fit too well, fit well into little vehicles hopping in and out of sidecars while someone in a leather outfit and a cap drives madly about in circles <laughs> comes to mind. 
Yeah, we're really showing our age here, Jillian. <laughs> yeah, but they're such fun movies. I know. But of course, the sidecars I want to delve into are the investment vehicles employed by many VCs and even angels in the business of capitalizing private companies on their way to scale and that promised land of unicorn status. Okay, so that's a tall ticket, but I think we can cover it in one show. Let's start with all the aliases, you know, as the Motor Vehicles Bureau or perhaps even the FBI would like to know. I'll start with the, you know, the the big question. Have you ever been known by or used another name? Oh, yes, says Miss Skycar. I'm sometimes called an SPV and angels sometimes know me as a syndicate. Whoa, this sounds like we're dealing with the mob. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> but I guess I better like end the metaphor here before things get completely silly or someone, for heaven's sake, takes our fun out of context. Anyway, so what is a reality, though, is that first mention you made about sidecars, the reference to a sidecar attached to a motorcycle. That's actually a real thing, Anne. The word sidecar actually does refer to that motorcycle sidecar. The person riding in the sidecar must put her trust in the driver. This is not the same as coattail investing, by the way, right? That's where one investor mimics the investments of another investor. In this case, the sidecar, right? The investor number two actually takes her capital and puts it in the hands of investor number one, and investor number one makes the investments for investment number two, investor number two. So that word actually comes from the term sidecar. Now, there's a variation of sidecar investment, and that would be a sidecar fund. Uh, that's in which an investment, that's an investment vehicle in which several groups with possibly different interests, for example, are involved. For example, James Chen notes in his article on Investopedia, a really good article, the passive investors, as well as institutional investors or LPs interested in more deal-making opportunities can all be part of the same vehicle investing when company uh, in companies and startups need to have, if you will, that uh, side car investment. They can all get together in one piece and make an investment. Yeah, we'll put a link to James Chen's article and all the articles we reference here on our show on our LinkedIn page, which is uh, linkedin.com company outlines venture group that's separated with dashes. Uh, yeah, if you just search for Outlines Venture Group, I think people get yeah, it. Right? I, it there, yeah, there's only one. <laughs> it's only <laughs> That's <us>. easy. <laughs> yeah, we're easy. There's, we're like Ticker. We're the only one. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Okay. okay, and while I've got the floor here, I'll share what Investopedia says about the definition of the term sidecar. A sidecar is an investment strategy in which one investor allows a second investor to control how to invest the capital. A sidecar investment usually occurs when one of the parties lacks the ability or the confidence to invest for themselves. This kind of strategy effectively places trust in someone else's ability to gain profits. Yep, hence the origin of the term. So that's precisely right. And with that definition under our belt, James noted in his article that the following are the key takeaways to consider when we think about sidecar investments. A sidecar investment is an investment made by a party on behalf of another investor. Sidecar funds exist when groups of investors with differing interests participate in investing together. 
Sidecar investments are often made under the purview of professional portfolio managers, such as actively managed mutual funds or ETFs. Um, and of course, in our world, venture capitalists, passive investors, institutional investors, and LPs interested in, which means limited partners, folks, anybody listening in for the first time, LP means limited partners. Those folks interested in more deal-making opportunities can all be part of such sidecar funds. And finally, sidecar investments or even coattail investments are not central tenets in portfolio management. Portfolio management incorporates a number of types of strategies and sidecar investing may be part of that larger investment management strategy. I find the best way to explain most issues, especially the complex ones, is by example. And thanks to Tom Lazay, who posted a good article about the uses of sidecars on Companion Ventures website. I happen to have one right here. And yes, there will be a link on our LinkedIn page. Just search for Outlines Venture Group on LinkedIn. Tom says, suppose there are two individuals, Jessica, who is experienced in trading corporate bonds, and Barney, who has a background in real estate. Jessica and Barney decide to work together in a sidecar investing strategy. In this case, Jessica gives Barney money to invest in real estate on her behalf, and Barney gives Jessica funds to invest in company bonds. This setup allows both Jessica and Barney to diversify their portfolios and benefit from one another's expertise. And that makes the use of sidecars very clear. Now, closer to home for us in terms of venture capital, Tom points out that the most VCs use sidecars to fill a fund's pro rata allocation in a funding round, where the fund structure limits how much capital the fund can actually allocate to the deal. So here's an example for us, closer to home. Suppose you have a $20 million micro VC fund, right? You've backed Uber in the first seed round, trying to fill your pro rata invest in Uber's $1.4 billion Series D round is going to be impossible. But it's likely that your limited partners could fill that pro rata share of the Series D $1.5 billion investment. In cases like this, your fund can set up a sidecar SPV, which means special purpose vehicle. So your limited partners can invest in those future rounds and take full advantage of your fund's pro rata rights. This enables your limited partner to investors to optimize their returns in highly successful later stage companies. And they will thank you for this opportunity. No kidding. Okay, so angel investors also use sidecar SPVs, but they do it under a different name. An angel syndicate or angel fund is actually a sidecar investment vehicle. For example, the very well-known angel list syndicate structure is simply a sidecar SPV in which the lead investor is an angel investor or emerging VC manager raising capital on a deal by deal basis instead of raising capital for a committed fund. Syndicate investors value the access to the lead investors deal flow and due diligence and they pay a success fee in the form of carried interest to the syndicate's lead investor, the one who sources and manages the deal in this kind of investment structure. So with that, uh, we need to take a break for our sponsors. We'll be right back with some more insights into the world of venture capital on VC Confidential. More ways you can source capital for your company's growth on VC Confidential is coming up. 
Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, You'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. TopSEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music are back with the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow on VC Confidential, only on WMR.FM. Welcome back to VC Confidential. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music talking about what you as an investor, advisor, or entrepreneur need to know about venture capital. Before the break, we opened the conversation with a definition of sidecar investments, as well as some other names with which you may be familiar, SPV, i.e. special purpose vehicle, and even angel syndicates or angel funds, such as those that can be found on AngelList and elsewhere. Before we get into why VCs use sidecars, when they should use them, and the advantages for funds and investors, Jillian, give us a recap on how sidecars are employed. Mm-hmm. Well, Anne, we talked about the use of sidecars between two individuals who have different expertise. When each gives capital to the other to invest on their behalf, they've created sidecar investments. More focused on VC applications, smaller VC funds employ sidecars to bring in wealthy limited partners to help uh, fund and fill out their pro rata rights later rounds when the fund itself could not invest all the potential capital available under such pro rata rights. And finally, we mentioned that angel investors use sidecars whenever they engage a syndicate or even an angel fund. An angel fund is a case of various individual investors gathering together to form a syndicate known as an angel fund. Now, let's get down to the nitty gritty of this thing. When should VCs employ a sidecar to take advantage of their pro rata rights? And what does that mean for the fund? Why bother? What's the value? Why not let those pro rata rights go? Ah, good questions, all of them. David Teton of Versatile Venture Capital posted an article on his website. It contains his assessment of whether to take advantage of pro rata rights or not in the simplest of terms. He says, and we quote, 
you have to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Thank you, Jenny Rogers. <laughs> but it's brilliant. It sums it up perfectly. In other words, there is no hard and fast rule. David rightly notes that the question a VC should ask on every deal every time is, should we, the VC investor, keep our pro rata or get diluted? David's view and ours at the Masters Fund is that one should always make this decision on an individual company basis. Absolutely. Almost all VC investments include pro rata rights. Pro rata rights give the right to early investors to invest additional capital in the company and, you know, the portfolio company, such that the sum of their investment after the additional capital is added at the later stage is sufficient to keep the same percentage of ownership as the early investor had begun with. Okay, so that's the, the killer piece on pro rata rights. Now you understand why one would want to exercise them or not. For example, if the master's fund invested a million bucks in Netflix and got 10% of the company at a time of such an early investment and so on, then the pro rata rights would give the master's fund the right to purchase enough stock in future rounds, such that the master's fund's percentage of ownership would remain at 10% of the company. That would have cost a whole lot more late in later rounds when the shares and the price per share had increased dramatically. So the question of whether the early investor, individual or fund, should purchase those later stage shares lies not only in the cost involved, right? And whether the investor can foot the bill but in practice, David points out in his article, sometimes the portfolio company management asks the early investor not to take advantage of their pro rata rights. And this is in order to make room for one or more desirable new investors. But most often it's the cost that keeps the VCs from taking full advantage of their pro rata shares. If we did so, David notes in his article, we'd rapidly grow out of our core strategy run out of capital and hit our risk limits. Uh, funds have a limit of how much they'll invest in a single company, and this would be the risk limit. For example, VCs would not normally invest more than 10% of a fund in any one company, and many VCs have even a much lower risk. So all that aside, assuming taking advantage of the pro, full pro rata rights is something the VC managing directors want to do, the issue is how to afford it, and that's the most common use of a sidecar. Now, all that aside, assuming that taking advantage of the full pro rata rights is something that the VC managers want to do, right, the issue is how to afford it. And that's the most common use of a sidecar. Now, it is very advantageous to the limited partners of this kind of an early stage fund. If you invested at the early stage and got a little share of the next unicorn company, then you're one of a very small group that can take advantage of such pro rata rights as the company gets close to its IPO. In other words, you have a chance to clean up, you know, make a big profit in a relatively short period of time at that tail end. If that is, if that is, if your early stage venture fund has those pro rata rights and forms a sidecar to let you get your money in at that late stage. That's right. That's right. So early stage funds get those pro rata rights, even if you see absolutely no way that your smaller fund is going to be able to afford to take advantage of them later. Your LPs will be thrilled to take advantage of them when the opportunity in a high value company presents itself. Now, 
David points out in his article that there are four main options that VCs use to address this unaffordable pro rata challenge. And ranked in order of the frequency of use, they are as follows. Number one, the synd the, you syndicate the investment out to co-investors without charging any fee. It's important not to charge an additional fee to investors when offering a sidecar. One, you, the fund manager, cannot make use of the pro rata rights without their capital. And number two, they've supported you as investors in your fund. This is where they should get a good deal. Give it to them. Okay. Number two, raise to raise a single larger fund with flexibility to invest at later stages. Mm -hmm. Today's mega VCs all started as high returning small VCs. When they saw a chance to raise a larger fund, most of them did so. Early returns gives managing directors the opportunity to raise larger sums. That is like super simple. Yep. Number three, raise a separate overlay fund. And spoiler alert, that's also known as a sidecar, an overlay, or bolt-on funds. <laughs> even more names and aliases. <laughs> yes, yes, even more aliases to add to our collection of terms that refer to sidecars, overlay funds, and bolt-on funds. Now, these sidecars, overlays, or bolt-ons, whatever you want to call them, are designed to allow institutional investors to invest in follow-on rounds in existing portfolio companies. Excel Partners, Ronnie Conway, Andreas and Horowitz, Battery, Foundry Group, Graycrop, Union Square Ventures, and many others have created variations of such funds. Brad Feld wrote a solid article titled The Opportunity Growth Fund Trend. It details how this stuff works. And yep, there will be a link to it on our <laughs> LinkedIn page. And finally, option number four. Create a special purpose vehicle. A special purpose vehicle in this context is, as we've already covered in our podcast, which is focused on everything you ever wanted to know about special purpose vehicles, but we're afraid to ask, an SPV is a new legal entity created for the narrowly defined purpose of investing in one specific company. Typically, funds only do this when the investment opportunity is outside of their fund's mandate perhaps because of its stage, its risk limits, or even the fund's mission. And with that, we must take another break. You are listening to VC Confidential, and we will be right back. More ways you can source capital for your company's growth on VC Confidential is coming up. You are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the B2B marketplace. WebmasterRadio.fm WebmasterRadio.fm is home to some of the most respected authorities in all aspects of internet marketing, from SEO to affiliate marketing to social media, e-commerce, mobile marketing, and so much more. Our hosts travel to all stretches of the world and speak to the impact players that are affecting our industry on air, on demand, and available on every mobile device that you can imagine. This is WebmasterRadio.fm. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress. 
empowering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music are back with the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow on VC Confidential, only on WMR.FM. Welcome back to VC Confidential. We are so glad you joined us. Today we have been digging into the many names for the term sidecar investment as well as why VCs use them, how they can be advantageous for investors, and what you need to know about them as an investor, fund manager, or entrepreneur. So Jillian, what's left? What else do our listeners need to know about sidecars? Well, I'd like to delve a bit into Brad Feld's article. It contains a very clear outline of what he calls opportunity funds. Aha, another Uh, word. uh (laughs) His venture firm, Foundry Group, has raised a series of about $225 million funds. When Foundry Group raised what they called a select fund, it was also about $225 million. Its sole purpose, this select fund, is to fund companies that are, as Brad describes it, graduating portfolio companies. In other words, these companies were early portfolio company of, of Foundry Group's funds, and now they're raising later stage capital. Some of these companies are headed for the stars. Foundry would like to keep their hand in the game and take advantage of pro rata rights, for example. So this separate fund targeted investors in the funds that had made those early investments, and it's chartered to fund the same companies as they grow and get close to exit. And this way, you don't have to pull that capital out of the early fund where you really can't or don't wish to get more than a certain percentage of your fund into any particular company. You have a whole new fund to do it. So in this way, Foundry serves its investors very well. Brad notes that the impetus to create the fund was based in both opportunity and frustration, a carrot and a stick, if you will. In Brad's words, here's the explanation of why Foundry created the fund and what it's done for the firm. And I quote, We have a well-defined fund strategy, Brad said. Our goal is to make 30 investments in each fund raising between, arranging, excuse me, between 5 million and 15 million over the life of the company. Part of this strategy is that we are syndication agnostic. We're happy to go it alone, two or three rounds if the conviction is there about what we're doing. We're equally happy to syndicate with one or two other VC firms. Either way, while we focus on capital efficient, uh, we'd rather not overfund companies with which we're involved in early stages, we are interested in buying as much ownership as we can in those early stages. As a result, When a company begins to accelerate dramatically, uh, we weren't in a position uh, to contribute meaningfully to those later stage rounds since we'd already, you know, have something like 10 to 15 million range invested earlier. So that was the desire part of the equation. We knew we could make money off a later stage investment, but when we were talking about investing an incremental one or two million, it didn't really matter much. Now, the frustration part. 
In a number of foundry successful companies, Brad wrote, we saw a long line of financial investors lining up to follow. None of them would engage as a lead, but they all wanted to participate when the round came together. If a company was raising 30 million, we'd have 50 million worth of followers waiting to take whatever was left. And we didn't find that particularly helpful. So we raised Foundry Group Select. We explicitly limited it to only companies in which we already had investments and in companies on whose boards we already served. As a result, it is literally zero incremental work for us since we are already deeply involved in these companies. This led us to an interesting decision. Since we recycle 100% uh, of our management fee, why would we charge a management fee on this fund if we're going doing no incremental work? The conclusion was easy. We don't charge a management fee. We only make money when the investments make money, resulting in a very tight alignment with the LPs. To date, we've invested from Foundry Group Select in Fitbit, Simpaz, Return Path, NIP, which was acquired by Twitter, and Orbotics. It's been a powerful addition to our strategy without creating any extra overload on us. Now, Brad closes out his article with a nod to the creators of this type of opportunity funds. I'll end where I started, he said, by paying homage to our friends at Union Square Ventures. They led the way on many elements of early stage investing post-internet bubble, dating back to 2004 when Fred and Brad raised the first USV fund. As the opportunity fund becomes a trend, they've once again created something that in hindsight looks brilliant. End quote. So with that, we're going to close our conversation on the subject of special purpose vehicles, SPVs, opportunity funds, syndicates, and angel groups, all of which are known as sidecar investment vehicles. And now you know. Oh, I'm so glad we cleaned, cleaned up that tangle of terms. And that's a wrap for this episode of VC Confidential. We invite you to join us each Tuesday for a new episode as we take a deep dive into the opaque world of venture capital and share learnings and ideas on the inner workings of this shrouded corner of business finance known as venture capital. We'd like to thank our producers at WMR.FM who agreed to take a chance on our new show, VC Confidential, which is now in its 30th episode. You can listen to all our episodes right here on WMR.FM and in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you like to get your podcasts. You will also find all our CEO Coach podcasts there as well. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music, and we are so glad you joined us on VC Confidential. Till next week. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.